Hello, 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 and welcome to another exciting episode of SG Explain. <laughs> this is the coughing episode. Wow. <laughs> this is the post-COVID edition where everyone has recovered. It truly is. All three of us literally we went through a whole COVID bit between the last episode and this, I think. Yes. <laughs> Just to prove that we have all been victims of COVID, maybe, Robert, you can leave like a couple of lingering coughs from each one of us every now and then. Well, we have an exciting episode today, one of which I'm honestly surprised we've not touched upon, considering we've talked about almost every other transportation system uh, in Singapore. We had an, what, a taxi episode this, this season, and from there, it actually kind of sparked my interest to find out what were the daily commute numbers for our MRT lines? That's the main focus for today. And it's one of the things I think we take the most for granted. You guys, you guys take MRT still? Who do you think we are? The crazy rich Asians, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Lah. I'm, I told you I was guilty of taking too much grab in the taxi episode. So <laughs> this is kind of me atoning for that sin. This is exactly how Elliot works, by the way. This is your first season with us, but... Elliot normally hooks onto one episode and then does like related episodes <laughs> for every oh, other episode. Yes, yes, like yes. Like you kind of brain map into all these other exciting episodes from that one. I call it being inspired. So this is... <laughs> no, actually the real inspiration, if I'm going to be blunt, was that I was at an MRT station. I was like, dang, this place is cool. And then, no, legit, legit. Okay. <laughs> It's not a great story, but hear me out. I was day drinking at a wedding. At a wedding. Okay, that's oh, very okay. At a wedding. So from the wedding, it was like 4pm in the afternoon. I took a train back, but I missed my stop. So I had to change to the circle line and then from the circle line go home. So I took three lines just to get home when normally it would take me like literally just two. Mm. And then it came to me, I was like, wow, I'm so darn glad this MRT system is so efficient. I didn't lose that much time, even though I took an additional train. And just goes to show how connected the, the rail system is. And that's something we take for granted more often than not. In fact, you know, on average, right, there are about 2.1 million passengers a day on these things. 2.1 million. That's insane. Passengers, not even unique rides. I'm talking about 2.1 million passengers. A third of our nation takes the train daily. But when I read that statistic, I was like, wow, that's, that's going to be a great follow-up as well to the taxi episode. So, and of course, while we don't have like taxi driver stories as we did in that episode, I think there's some truly wondrous things we can learn about how we have what I consider to be a world-class transportation system. So It truly is, man. I mean, and you guys have been overseas, so you've been on other like rail lines. I was going to say we've theoretically done a spiritual predecessor to this episode, which is, I mean, people won't guess it, but it was the chewing gum episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah, the yeah. chewing gum episode, did you say? Yes, oh. yes. Because in the chewing gum episode, we basically found out that one of the key reasons why the chewing gum was banned was because they wanted to prevent the launch of the MRT system from being a failure. And right. one of the key reasons for it being a failure was the chewing gum. So, you know, if you want to hear that story, please go. <laughs> to the I have to give it to you, Robbie. You're really good at plugging. <laughs> our own content. <laughs> we are so good at this, guys. Like, not gonna lie. All right, so in this episode, we'll be talking about like the early days, how we planned for the success of the MRT lines. Uh, we'll be talking about the launch of the modern train system for us. And of course, we are going to talk about the future of our train Ooh, system as well. Brown so, 
nine for the win. Is it called Marine Thompson? My gosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the Thompson East Coast Line. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that later on. So without further ado, let's jump into SG Explained, the MRT system. All right. Let's take it back all the way to the past when the MRT system was first proposed in 1967 by the planners of the State and City Planning Project, which was initiated in the same year to guide the physical development of Singapore. Again, just to set the context, this is post-independent Singapore. We've told the story a couple of times, you know, the city-state wants to build itself up as a metropolis, as a young nation. And, you know, public transportation is one of those things that a lot of cities were doing back then. The MRT proposal was incorporated into the ring concept plan in April 1970 and aimed to serve as an island-wide public transport system to improve connectivity between the city center and residential areas, as well as ease traffic congestion and reduce pollution. To study the feasibility of the system, the government embarked on a series of mass transit studies between 1972 and 1980 with the aid of the UN Development Program and the World Bank. The first study proposed a rail-based MRT system to ease traffic congestion and act as a mode of transportation to move people around the island, which was reiterated in the second study. In addition, the second study estimated the cost of building the MRT system to be 1.75 billion Singapore dollars and recommended that the system comprise two rail lines running from east to west and north to south, which we now know is the east-west line and the north-south line. The Very creative. O- the Very OG creative. lines. The OG, the OG line. lines. The OG yeah. lines. Now yeah. we call them the green line and the red line. <laughs> Back then, it was EWL and NSL. In the third and final study, the proposed MRT route network was expanded to cover more locations, and the estimated cost of the system was adjusted upwards, nearly twice actually, to 3.9 billion Singapore dollars. That's a lot of money for a a young city-state to invest into. Understandably, because of these high costs, Despite the comprehensive studies, the government did not immediately agree to the MRT plan. Instead, it said, let's do more studies. And so they kept looking <laughs> at other alternatives, and this included building a second business district at Tanjong Ru and the implementation of a high-performance all-bus system coupled with feeder routes and a policy on motor car restraint. It was only in May 1982 that the government finally agreed to build and finance the MRT system, which was then... By that point, estimated to cost Singapore $5 billion. Damn. Yeah, the approved MRT system was envisaged to be 67 kilometers long with three lines this time. The north-south line from Yishun to Marina Bay, the east-west line from Passeris to Boon Lay, and the western line, oh, what is this new line? Yes. Linking Jurong Town and Bukit Panjang to oversee the construction and management of the system the Mass Rapid Transport Corporation Limited was established in 1983. So this is like the early years, right? Before we have like SMRT and all that, it was Mm. called MRTC. I was actually surprised how much studying went into like creating this MRT system. There was a lot of studies. Basically, the government kept saying, eh, we're not really sure yet. Go do one more study, right? (laughs) And then by that point, the cost kept going up every time they did another study. So can you imagine if they did the first study it may have cost actually cheaper. (laughs) (laughs) If we just stopped ahead, right? Our trains will have been breaking down a lot too. Yes, yes. Here's a fun fact. Uh, We use the term trains here, but anywhere else in the world, people don't refer to what we call 
trains and trains. They yeah. call it the subway system, right? Or mm. in this case, they call it a, a mass rapid transit system or a rail-based system. But actually, trains are what people think of like as your Shinkansen or your inter-regional trains and what we call subways. But because oh, it was so small, right, they just right. inflate the two. You see, I call those choo-choo trains. You see, <laughs> that's the that's the corporate term that I use. Trans-Siberian Railway, for example, right? Those are called choo-choo trains, just so that everyone knows we're on the same page. <laughs> Thanks for setting that context. <laughs> Elliot, I know you have a pop quiz for us later, but I have a reverse pop quiz for you. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> this is, this do, is I, do, I play, do I play the music? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Do you Please guys do. know where was the first ever subway built? I'm going to go with New York. Have you seen it's that thing in America. Subway, do eat fresh. Like 100%. <laughs> oh, wait. Maybe... London? Well, London had regular ass trains. They had choo-choo trains. Makes sense. So they could have been the first. I'm actually thinking it's Russia. Ooh. Someone here believes in Soviet engineering. <laughs> <laughs> I learned this because I spent a year there, but essentially the first subway ever to be built was in London. It's the London <gasps> Underground. Yes. It used to be called the Metropolitan Railway back then. Oh. But yeah, basically... London is the home of the first so ever. So more than just choo-choo trains, they also had these zoom-zoom trains as well. Oh, my God. oh! This was, by the way, in 1863. A what? Really, really long time 18? ago. It has a one eight in front. <laughs> That's mad. So if you ever go into London Underground, know that you're part of ancient history. history. Yeah. <laughs> That's mad. That's mad. That's mad. So with that said. Let's go into phase one slash 1A of actually having our MRT lines. So on 7th November 1987, the first five stations of the North-South Line, that's the red line, from Yochukang to Topayo, opened for passenger service. And to mark the occasion, an inaugural ceremony attended by then-Second Deputy Prime Minister Ong Teng Cheong and then-Minister for Communications and Information Yeo Ning Hong was held at the platform of Topayo MRT station and a specially arranged train took the two ministers and about 400 guests on the first two-way ride from Topayo to Yochukang and back before the service was officially open to the public and this inaugural service attracted about 120,000 passengers who had bought a $3 commemorative ticket which can I just say isn't that really expensive for that time? It's very expensive. It's commemorative. Yep. I want to know who's holding on to those <laughs> tickets right now. Yeah. They're probably worth a lot. They're probably worth a lot. Actually, my question is, why did they write the train there and back? Like, isn't it? <laughs> not going the anywhere then, right? Of showing the train. Isn't it? <laughs> It, it defeats the purpose of showing you the train. Also, why aren't we talking about the fact that the rail was from Topayo to Yochukang? Who is going between Topayo and Yochukang? If you have taken a train from Topayo to Yochukang, it's actually not that far. Like, legit, I would not pay $3 for that. La. Like, just to go. <laughs> that's more expensive than a train right now. Eh? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, I think we're ruining, like, this historical no, moment. No, we're not. We're not. Just so you know, the proceeds of these commemorative tickets, severely overpriced, albeit, uh, actually went to the fundraising organization Community Chest. So okay, it that was makes going sense, to that makes sense. Think about it. That means they raised $360,000, you know, for the commemorative ticket. 
And that's a good amount of money to go to Comchess back in the day. Yeah, definitely. Now, this line was later extended from Topayo to Otram Park the following month on 12 December. Hey, 12-12! The OG 12-12. Shopping can beat. 1987, guys. And guests of honor, Prime Minister Lee Kuan Yew, of course, graced the official opening of the MRT system on 12th of March, 1988, to mark the completion of phases 1 and 1A of this initial MRT system from Yochukang all the way to Clementi. And the passenger service from Otram Park to Clementi commenced the following day on 13th of March, 1988. So by April, 1988, Ridership on the MRT rose to more than 200,000 passengers per day. This actually reminds me like when I was a kid and I used to take the MRT with my mom. I remember the tickets being as cheap as 60 cents, guys. Do I remember this correctly? 60 cents. Yeah, yeah I think and it's so. the paper ticket. The kind that like the printing faded kind. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Super low quality paper. but And then you had to like punch it in or something like that. You, you slip it in it comes from the top. Yes. Oh, that was so fun. Kids will not understand uh, what it's like to lose your train ticket back then. <laughs> it's okay. They're not in our target audience. They're not listening that's to true, you. That's true, that's true, that's true. <laughs> As part of the phase 2B of the initial system, actually the single running line of the MRT was extended westwards to Lakeside uh, on 5th November of 1988 and then northwards to Yishun, so hence the connector, uh, on 20th December of the same year. Phase 2A was completed on 4th November 1989. And this is, the, this is the important bit because it connects Raffles Place to Marina Bay, right? Where Marina Bay used to be like bustling. I don't know if you guys remember, but before it was the barrage, there actually used to be a whole bunch of activities around, around Marina Bay. There's like uh, arcade, bowling alley. There was, uh, what's it called? Barbecue, like stalls and whatnot. Actually, I don't remember that at all. Uh, yeah, I'm not that much younger than you. I, can't, I don't remember this. <laughs> you did have a life before. I really yeah. didn't. I was grounded, dude. Like... <laughs> Okay, never mind. It's not about me. <laughs> <laughs> but they used Marina Bay actually used to have a thriving hangout spot. I was only like 14 or 15 when I experienced this. I guys. swear the first thing we I knew about Marina Bay was the barrage. So when they had the extension from Raffles Place to Marina Bay and from City Hall to Tanamera, that was like a really big deal. Uh for at that point in time. It was connecting a lot more uh central places to a slightly outskirty but places of activities as well as collecting more residential areas into the central of town. And I think that was a, a big step forward. So this actually marks a big shift for the MRT line, where it begins the separation of the north-south line and the east-west line of the MRT system formally. Further on, then the extension of phase two from Tanamera to Pasiris opened up in that same year. Yeah, so once east again, side. East side. I was going to say that's the kind of like useless part of the line. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me? Connects you to the airport there. Eh? It's not, yeah. It's only to Pasiris. But it's to help the guys go Takong. Like, that's the important <laughs> bit. <laughs> that's the important bit, okay? As part of phase 2B, however, a branch line that extended off Jurong East Station commenced service on 10th of March that, uh, of 1990 serving commuters between Jurong East and Chua Chukang. Now, I know that most of us here don't know what that means, but like, that's actually a really big deal because it actually helps you cover this northwestern corner of Singapore that actually is starting to have a lot of like urban development happening at, at that point in time. And finally, the last section of Phase 2B uh, was actually between Lakeside and Boonle. So this one really, I think, only helps the NPU people. Uh, and this opened on 6 July 1990, marking the completion of the initial system of the MRT 
now consisting of 42 <gasps> stations and 67 kilometers of length. So their, their plans came to fruition is exactly what I'm saying, right? They planned for 67, they got their 67. It was, it's so interesting that initially when they were building out the MRT line, it was just one long line. It was just mm. one long line. And then they broke it up into the North-South line and East-West line once you had enough sort of distinction between those two lines, right? Then. And, and, and also with a limited number of like service cargoes that they have, I mean... They wanted to expand the rail, right? So in order to increase frequency, you should just like separate the line so you can just like dedicate your your cards accordingly. La. And all of this happened before I was even born. Exactly. Before I was even born. <laughs> of course, this marks like the opening of the system, but it didn't come without its problems, right, Rovic? As we all know by now, if you've if you've lived in Singapore in the past five years, actually having built the system, you need to maintain the system. Because as with any sort of engineered product, there's going to be wear and tear. As you upgrade, you install technology, you try to keep it up to date. You're going to have to keep working the different kinks and making sure things all fit together. And so there are different things that need to happen. One of those things is the re-signaling project where you figure out the signaling system of the MRT. The signaling system of the North-South and East-West lines were upgraded to the cell track communications-based train control system from Dallas. Uh, this is also called CDTC, right? This is all sort of engineering, industrial terms, but it's what uh, the folks in MRT, and if you're a train geek, you probably care about. Trains will be allowed to run at an interval of 100 seconds during peak periods, down from 120 seconds with the old legacy system. With the addition of new trains, and the upgrading of the signaling systems, commuters would expect to have shorter waiting times during peak hours, and there would be potential 20% improvement to the existing capacity. I just want to say, you know, sometimes when we wait for trains, it says, what, three minutes, four minutes? Those three to four minutes can feel like the longest four minutes in the world. We're just pampered, bro. Like, it's, it's yeah, pretty man. accurate. <laughs> it's every 20 second cut down, right? It actually means a lot to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And And all of this, by the way, didn't happen too long, right? So... A lot of the changes and upgrading happened quite recently. I think uh, this was part of the, the sort of commitment to upgrade and, and, and improve engineering in the MRT. Full-day passenger service trial of the upgraded signaling system was conducted every Sunday beginning 29 April 2018, and it was completely switched over to the new signaling system from 28 May 2018, so around four years ago. They implemented this new stuff. And this is not the only form of upgrade works that we've been trying to strive towards, especially since we've had this system around for a while. The ones that more people are, I guess, in tune with with like the recent breakdowns that happened across like the 2010s decade. We had quite a number of them throughout the years. What they needed to do was, and I, I don't know how to explain this very well right now, but I will in due time. It's called the Sleeper Replacement Project. Now, for you guys who are not trained people, and I wasn't one before this, sleepers are like these things on the rail itself that kind of make the the train go like smoothly. It's trying to like fasten it down. Uh, if you Google, just Google train sleepers, guys. Like, And that's S-L-E-E-P-E-R-S, yeah? Yeah, sleeper, like... Yeah, yeah, sorry, sleeper. The sleeper replacement project, which unironically had to be replaced after, you know, at night. So sometimes you see those ads in SMRT where they say like, we're working over, like around the clock to serve Oh yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, that's actually sleeper replacement going on. And the sleeper replacement program actually involves the replacement of the railway sleeper as when we started, we used 
timber sleepers, which are only designed to last about 15 to 25 years and must be replaced when signs of wear and tear are shown. Uh, um, about 188,000 sleepers along the 131 km tracks of what is currently the north, south, and east-west lines. They had to be replaced with concrete sleepers for longevity. And those, these concrete ones have a lifespan of about 50 years, which is so much more worthwhile. Uh, the program started in November 2012, with works for the east-west line beginning in the middle of May 2015, uh, and it was completed in December 2016. New sleepers, what they do is that they allow trains to move along the track smoothly, allowing a safe, smoother, and faster ride. Now, I can finally get to my first pop quiz. I actually oh, have a few. Yeah. You have a few? <laughs> I have two, I have two, I have two. <laughs> pop quiz one. Across the east-west line, how many sleepers do you think needed to be replaced as part of the maintenance slash upgrading efforts? from May 2016 to December 2016. Okay, so you said previously that 188,000 sleepers were needed to be replaced along both the North, South, and East West lines. Yes. This has to be a subset of that. It has to be a subset of 188,000. I would go with 100,000. I'm going to go with 150,000. I actually have no, I have no like benchmark whatsoever because okay. you need to know how big the sleepers are. I need to know like how much distance you're covering, right? But since I don't have any of that information. One of the reasons why I chose such a high number is because you kept seeing every week, you know, there was always a delay. There was always yes. an issue and they always blamed the sleepers, right? Yes. So I, I think there's a lot of sleepers to replace. And actually, Mian probably thinks it more than me. She went yeah, because <laughs> to prevent it from happening again, we probably had to do quite a bit of like a major refurbish, right? We did have to do quite a lot of major refurbish. But this was just along the east-west line alone. So this was 92,000 sleepers oh, that oh, needed yeah. to be replaced. That's a crazy amount. As in, imagine replacing 92,000 planks. And guys, and this happened across what? six months that's, that's why they had to tirelessly work every single night just to replace concrete sleepers good job smrt and uh, sbs at this moment i just feel so grateful for the workers yeah. who are doing this every single night especially when there was like so much pressure from the public for change to happen quickly and literally overnight i had teachers who were like ah you know the train break down and then they make <laughs> a lot of fuss about it so as a student during those times i was like yeah man why people don't want to work faster but when you start to think about the logistics of it's Actually, not easy, yeah? Out, it's not easy. You had to extract the wooden sleepers and then f fit in, right? Retrofit in these concrete ones. Concrete, bro. Like heavy, you know? You know, just to address one of the big critiques that comes out, a lot of people do ask, you know, why can't you have two tracks, one that serves sort of the active train and the other one you fix it. And then once you fix the other track, you switch tracks, right? And actually that goes back to sort of the original design of the whole MRT system. It was never designed to do that. If you go to places like Germany or like Berlin, right, or you go to some of the other big cities, what you will see is that they will have sort of that system where the train can go on one track while they're doing maintenance on the other track, right? And so that sort of allows perpetual motion to happen on the, on the trains. But you can't do that. It's also why the trains shut down at a certain time. Because if you don't shut down, no one's going to be able to do maintenance. And so that's why we don't have trains that go all the way till 7 a.m. every day, and unlike some other cities. I mean, it's a land scarcity thing as well for us. 
Um, just building the infrastructure is quite mad. Are you guys ready for a second pop quiz? Now, this yes. one is a fun one. I thought that was a heavy one, so I thought, why don't I just look back at SMRT's old school mascot? Can you guys guess the name of SMRT's old school mascot? Okay, first off, do we even have a mascot now? <laughs> yes. Well, we just sort of like. In, like the what? Uh, back down, Benny. Stand up, Stacey. <laughs> yes. So. Yes, I, I I will talk about those in just a bit. Like we have, they even have a name for themselves. It's not just like they have five individual names. They actually have like a S Club 7 type <laughs> like configuration going on. <laughs> for guys who don't even know the reference of S Club 7, I'm really showing my age here. <laughs> I'm really showing my age here. Uh, but yes, they actually had an old school SMRT mascot and I want to show you guys a picture after this, okay? Just so you guys can Google this. It's, it's so good. I want to say it's it's probably a train. It's a it's like a train <laughs> caricature uh, or an MRT caricature. And his name and his name was probably Smarty. Oh, wow. That's damn, that's, damn, that's a damn good guess. Actually, that's a really... That's a really calculated guess. I was going to go with something more like predictable, like our Malayan riding the train. <laughs> because back then we were using Malayan to sell everything, right? <laughs> okay, this guy, his name is Captain SMRT. What? <laughs> oh. He was Can an actual see? mascot. Yes, and he lasted for quite a while, guys. Like... <laughs> It wasn't like a... Obviously, it made zero impression on me. <laughs> I really thought that it was a joke when I read the, the thing. Holy shit. He has a suit and everything. Yeah. If they called him smart, like SMRT, it would still have been like really cool to me. But yeah, he's considered to be Singapore's second best superhero uh, right after VR Man. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's Captain SMRT for you. Uh, if you guys want to check out a picture of him, go go ahead and Google Captain Just Smarty. Google him. His eyes are clearly Spider-Man inspired. Yes, exactly. <laughs> of course, the SMRT logo on his chest, and he has a weird ass like gray utility belt that I, I guess was to resemble like carts on the <laughs> you know each of the carriages on the train. Oh, uh, but you know that's what it is. Today, as you guys have right, rightly pointed out, we have a total of five mascots. And they are called the Thoughtful Bunch. <laughs> the Thoughtful Bunch was actually created by the Land Transport Authority to promote graciousness while riding Singapore's MRT system. So, Bag Down Benny is one of them. We have Giveaway Glenda. We have Move In Martin. Rovic Yunu Stand Up Stacy. And the last one, which is kind of the one which I think is the creepiest, but only in name, is called Hush Hush Hannah. <laughs> it's like an assassin, you know? Hush Hush Hannah. Giveaway Glenda, Movin Martin, Stand Up Stacy, Bag Down Benny, and Hush Hush Hannah are the five things, you know, you're supposed to embody like the perfect passenger. Always let people go in, you know, Giveaway Glenda. When you're inside the train, move in like Movin Martin. Uh, when you see someone in need of a seat, be a Stand Up Stacy. Uh, if you're standing up, make sure you put your back down to make more space and be Bag Down Benny. And of course, try not to talk loudly in the trains, just like Hush Hush Hannah. I'm actually pretty curious. On why they didn't use like Singaporean characters. Can you imagine like Bag Down Babu? Yeah, Bag Down ba They should be more diverse. More diverse, right? Hush, 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 hush Huisin. Shout out to all the Huisins listening to this episode. <laughs> yeah, you could have been the next mascot. Move in, Muhammad. You know? Move in, Muhammad. I think it would have been hey, really I sick. like that, dude. Maybe more people will actually do it. Jeez. 
All right, so with that, we're going to take a short break. But when we come back, we'll be talking about the future plans of the MRT line. So don't go anywhere. Choo-choo! It's crazy to think that we're in season five of the SG Explain podcast and you, the listener, have been a great part of that experience. If you like what we've been doing over the last few seasons and you want to support some independent podcasters, here are three ways that you can do so. The first is to subscribe and that's by just clicking the subscribe button or follow button on any of the platforms you're listening to us on. The second is to share. Share our content, our episodes with people that you think would enjoy learning about the Singapore identity and challenging some of the preconceived notions that they may have. And finally, directly support us by clicking on the anchor link in the description area where you can make a small contribution that helps us support some of the costs of producing these great podcasts. Thank you again for being part of the Explain family and we look forward to making many more great episodes for you. Please mind the gap. All right, and we're back. Thank you for patiently waiting and for letting us come <laughs> in through the doors first. All right, so we're going to talk a bit about the upcoming plans. What I found online was actually pretty cool. So the current plan uh, for the MRT lines actually stretches as far as 2032. Uh, and with the target to expand the entire rail network to about 360 kilometers long. Remember when we said 67 km just now, guys? Wow. Yeah, they're aiming for 360 uh, and this means connecting 8 in 10 households to within 10 minutes of a train station. With a 360km rail network, Singapore will have a total rail length that is longer than major cities such as Tokyo or Hong Kong today and what? be on par with London and New York City itself. So th- these are some of the like rail expansion projects that will bring a train station like sort of like closer to you. And we're going to talk about them. You can find a lot of this information online. But I thought it'd be very interesting to break it down because there are a lot of cool implications about it as well. So before we go into the extended lines, maybe we should rehash what were some of the new lines uh, after the north-south line and the east-west line, right? Oh, yeah, so, yeah, that's true. Yes. So there have been a couple of lines introduced since then. The first is the north-east line, which is what people call the purple line. And this is actually probably the first line not run by SMRT. This was run by SBS. Then you had the circle line, which famously never actually became a circle. Until we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, there's also the downtown line, which yes. was very convenient. And then there are a couple of LRTs or light rapid transits, right? So those the gray are, ones, right? Yeah, sort of neighborhood lines that exist. The monorail lines, basically the mm. monorail. Were there any other lines that we missed out? The brown one. Which is the Thompson East Coast line. Some of it is open. So we'll talk a bit about those in, in, in this upcoming section. Uh, but the first one is, is actually the one that you were just about to explain. <laughs> yes. So the Circle Line. So this project is called Circle Line 6 Extension, which will add three stations between Harbourfront and Marina Bay. So, I mean, if you go and look at the map, right, the Circle Line basically goes all the way in a circle, but then it doesn't close the loop between Harbourfront and Marina Bay. And I'm sure there's a lot of reasons for it, probably to do with infrastructure and, and stuff like that, and tunneling, which is in, and, and this part of Singapore tends to be right next to the coast, right? So probably yeah. some considerations there. So they're going to introduce three new stations. They're going to be Keppel, Cantonment, and Prince Edward Road. And in January 2022, tunneling works were completed for Circle Line 6, the extension. Oh, a total of 23 new trains have also been purchased to cater for the expected increase in passenger volume when CCL6 commences operations in 2026. The first of these new CCL trains reached Singapore on 9th of March 2022 
and is now undergoing testing and commissioning works. The completed CCL will link to all existing train lines and shorten travel time while also giving commuters more alternative routes that bypass the busy interchanges at City Hall and Raffles Place. This will bring the total number of CCL stations to 33, including 12 interchange stations that connect to other rail lines. The main question is, with these three new stations, will we finally close the loop? Yes, we will finally close the loop. And it, it will actually be really interesting because now you can take it both ways. Right now, you, you can only take, let's say, from Harbourfront and you want to go all the way to the other side, let's say, like, Paya Lebar, right? Or you have to go have to back take, the same way. You have to take the same way around. But once you close the loop, actually, right now, for you guys to go to Paya Lebar Station, the center, there's this center depot that doesn't be, it's not really in operation all the time. It was used at the start, but it's not in operation anymore. That will help, like, close the loop a little bit more so you guys can just go in either direction of the circle. Yeah. That's kind of really sick. Kind of like uh, what they have in Tokyo, the Tokyo, like the circle line. The next one that you're building is actually much closer to your home, Yen. So yes! you should care about that one. Thompson East Coast Line, which I, uh, at first, was saying it was Marine Thompson Line. And there's a very good reason for that. Because those of you who stay in the East Coast area, you stay in Marine Parade, this is the line for you. So we know that there are a lot of people who stay in that area of Singapore, but unfortunately, MRT, well, the MRT system doesn't really reach us there. So to meet the commuter demand along the line, there will be 91 new fully automated four-car trains, which is the first in Singapore. And with more doors for faster boarding, the trains will be 92.9 meters long compared to the typical 70-meter-long three-car circle line and downtown line trains that you see now. And it's a very exciting feature, of course, because then you don't have people rushing through the door when it's about to close, which is a very nerve-wracking experience. Um, and this actually includes the LCD dynamic route map display. I believe this is already something that is in place. Like the newer trains, you can tell that they have the, uh, the new screens and stuff. It will screen like advertisements and it's a very like interactive uh, journey experience like you can see where you are on the line right right was, that one shows you that one shows you like we you know which station you're going to next this one is going to show you live like how far you are from Ooh. point A to point B oh it's on kind the, of on like what Japan already is doing yeah that's right that's right that's right that's cool so that's going to be fun alright so for this year that's 2022 the stations that are looking to launch are Mount Pleasant Stevens Napier Road uh, Orchard Boulevard Orchard, whoa, okay. Great World, Havelock, Outram Park, Maxwell, Shenton Way, Marina Bay, Marina South, and Gardens by the Bay. And I know I haven't even mentioned Marine Parade yet, but already just by listing out these stations, you can tell where this brown line is going to cross with the current stations that we already have. So it's very, very exciting. Like Outram Park for one, we already have purple and green crossing each other, right? So I think Outram Park is going to be like, the next, what, Dobie got or City Hall where you have like yeah, multiple yeah, yeah. lines. Now in two years time though, 2024, we can actually look forward to the near completion of the line which includes Tanjong Ru, Gatong Park, Tanjong Gatong, Marine Parade, Marine Terrace, Siglap, and Bay Shop. Mahood! Woo! And the final <laughs> two stops for Badok South and Sungai Badok are also expected to come in 2025. So, what I did leave out on this list, however, and I found to be the most interesting, is that there'll be one station that is going to be uh, not launched, even though it's completed, until we're ready for our new 
national icon known as the Founders Memorial. So for those of you who have been following the news, the Founders Memorial is actually something that's being developed within Bay East Garden of the Gardens by the Bay uh, to commemorate the founding fathers of Singapore, as well as to cover the country's contemporary history after World War II to its first decades of independence. On 9th March 2020, a collaboration between Kengo Kuma in Japan and K2LD Architects, uh, which is a Singapore-based firm, uh, won the International Architectural Competition to design this memorial. And by right, it was supposed to be like launched in 2025, but I think because of COVID, it's being delayed to 2027. So we shouldn't expect the Founders Memorial Station, which is going to, I, I guess it's going to be a tourist hotspot as well, uh, to only be launched in 2027, if, even if the rest of the line is open already. But so cool. I didn't even know there was a Founders Memorial, dude. Like the fact that we're making something which is sort of like museum-like, but also iconography. They, 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 plan, they plan to make it a lot more than just a museum. So they want it to be really sort of a, a center for dialogue, a center for future creation, all this sorts of stuff, because they don't want it to just be sort of a throwback to the past, right? To really look at how we can learn from the past and move forward so and and i guess the last two the last two lines i'm going to talk about before we wrap this episode is really just like the future future lines that haven't even been touched on yet uh, we have two of them one is the jurong region line known as the jrl and the cross island line which is called the crl but we'll we know that end of the day we'll just call them by their colors lah. like that's very <laughs> one is jurong region line i think it's like light blue or something like that um so the jurong region line is actually the seventh mrt line we're going to build mm. and it's going to serve uh, existing and future development in the western part of Singapore. Supposedly, it's supposed to improve connectivity of the region uh, in Jurong, which is said to be obviously the largest commercial hub outside of the CBD. Yeah. Commuters can expect to be connected to key activity nodes in Jurong, such as the Jurong Industrial Estate, Jurong Innovation District, and the one that most of you guys can be hyped about is NPU. So yes. NPU, guys, you guys have a new line out of your out of your... A uh, passport holding place, right? And this is the part where, like, all the alumni of NTU is like, "What? Where was this when I was still in school and traveling like four hours a day?" And of course, the last line, the eighth one that's being planned for at the moment, is the Cross Island Line, which always, which already sounds great, right? It's supposed to be the longest fully underground line, <gasps> spanning more than fifty km long. Uh, it will serve existing and future developments in the eastern and western district, as well as the northeastern corridors. So it's connecting major hubs like Jurong Lake District, Pongol, and Changi. Think about that. I just mentioned three places that you would never say in the same sentence, unless yeah. you're like, what are the different corners of Singapore? I'm not looking at any pictures right now, but just from the name itself, Cross Island Line, I just have a feeling this is the line that cuts like diagonally across the Singapore map. It's going to be quite sick. As in like, that's the plan. La. That's the plan at the moment. This is supposed to beat the circle line. Someone came into LTA and was like, how can I beat the circle line? <laughs> cross <laughs> island. We thrive on competition here. Yeah. So that's, that's, the, that's the current plans for our MRTs. A lot of interesting things. If you guys go to the uh, LTA website, they actually have a full extensive list of not just the trains that are going to be built, but the facilities around the trains that could be built. And I wish we had more time to talk about it, but you know, this is as you explained, we try to keep things as focused and straight to the point as possible. Guys, what are you guys feeling about the MRT lines now that we've talked about them a little? I honestly am so excited for the future generation. I mean, already I'm so blown, about, blown away by how convenient it is to travel for so little, you know? But I'm just thinking for future generations, they'd be the ones that'd be like, what? 
you only had like the circle line and the green and red and purple lines. That's kind of lame. Like we can try, like we can travel diagonally across now. And I'm like, yep, your mom was old school. <laughs> I'm just thinking about the fact that that we almost didn't have an MRT. Right? Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. almost had just yeah. a lot of buses that connected us everywhere. And then someone was like, okay, look, we don't spend this money now. We're going to have to spend more money later on. So let's just invest into our future. And this is this is probably one of the biggest public infrastructure projects that this country took, right? And it's given us so much reward since then. So, you know, just goes to show, investing in the future is important. Yeah, wow. Wow, is that our new tagline? I love that. I, I'm just glad that Captain SMRT is not the mascot anymore. Uh, that's my takeaway. Uh, thanks so much, guys, for tuning in to another episode of SG Explained. We hope you enjoyed it. Let us know uh, what MRT lines you are excited for and uh, whether you, there's one being built in your area. Um, let's sign off for today. We'll see you in the next one. This is Elliot. This is Charmian. Rovek. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>